Well, hello and welcome to Relationships Are Underrated. I'm your host, Jonathan Asley, and I am laughing. <laughs> Again, every time. Well, because you it. made me laugh. <laughs> I didn't even do anything. I thought we had to, by the way, what's your name? Oh, sorry, Trip. Trip Kramer here. <laughs> Jonathan by the way, and can Trip. We be, but can we be clear about something? We I thought we had agreement. You would do the endings and I would do the openings. Oh, I thought we were just switching off. Oh, no. I mean, we could do that, but let's just know this ahead of time. I think everyone's going to love your jovial laugh. You do like jovial. I like my jovial side. I'm jealous of how jovial you are. (laughs) Oh, I've been beating myself up lately. Why are you beating yourself up lately? Okay, now I'm not jealous of you. What's going on? Oh, (laughs) talk about jealousy. Um I snapped at somebody at my complex because I thought I was going to get shortchanged on a referral fee. And I snapped. I overreacted. And while I apologized within like four minutes, I'm a little bit angry that I was out of integrity with myself. What made you snap? Because I thought I'd lose out on a $1,000 referral fee because I referred someone to their complex. Sounds like a very scarce mentality, doesn't it? Well, it's more, yeah, no, and I thought about that. By the way, when I walked away and if I don't get the, the fee, I was going to say, you know what, I'll just pick up a $10,000 client to make up the difference. That's what I walked away thinking. But in the moment, I felt like I was getting shortchanged. My little kid inside of me was feeling like, not not that, I mean, I genuinely earned something, but then it, it might not actually materialize into it. So I think my little kid was feeling like, I worked hard to get the A, but you only gave me an F. <laughs> you know what I'm going to teach my kids? It's going to be one yeah. of the founding lessons. Life isn't fair. It's one of the biggest lessons that I have learned, and I learned it way too late. Life isn't fair. And, and I want to be clear when I say that is yeah. when I say life isn't fair, I'm not saying it like this. Oh, man, life isn't fair. Oh, life sucks. This isn't fair. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in a very literal sense, like life isn't fair. Things are not created and are not in this world to be fair. We can try to make fairness out of it, but not everything is going to land in our laps You're not going to, you know, you can work really hard. You might not get that raise because you got a shitty boss. You might work really hard on a piece of content. Hey, you and I, we might not even, this podcast could be dead. We don't even know. (laughs) Like, you know, hopefully people are listening to this, but you and I both know that we're launching this and we could end up not doing it. Right. So well, well, we, me... we worked so hard. We we moved our schedule. We got everything right. We came up with great topics and it bombed. Well, sometimes life isn't fair. And I say that as a way to be prepared for those moments so it doesn't hit you as hard where you go, you know what? Sometimes life doesn't move in the direction that you want it to. But all we could do is do our best and stay as optimistic as possible. And and I'm in full understanding that that is a truism. That's not really the point I was making here. I know. I just went on My point was related to how I responded to life isn't fair. And I overreacted. And and I'm more this was more of a criticism of myself. By the way, I do also believe you should 
for lack of a better word, stand up for yourself and be an advocate for yourself, which that's what really was needed in that moment was to be an advocate for myself. Because I also don't think you should say life isn't fair. I'm just going to bow down and just accept no, no, you it. Don't, that's you not don't, the well, case. Some, some things you do have to accept in life yeah. and other things you don't have to accept in life. Yeah. So it, it's more what I'm reacting to is, and, and my mood was affected by this because I was out of integrity within myself. And this is just uh, the bigger conversation I have because even our topic today talking about jealousy, you know, how we react to jealousy or how we react to circumstances is part of this conversation. How And, and I'm just saying I slightly overreacted. Thank God I didn't walk across and slap the person on the face. Um, Will <laughs> Smith style. Affairs. Yeah, with Will Smith style. And at the same time is how to maintain my integrity, even in the face of being triggered. And actually, what is jealousy? It's actually a trigger, a fear. Oh, by the way, our topic today is about jealousy. Is there a healthy form of jealousy? But really, oftentimes when, when we're experiencing jealousy, it's a, there's a reactiveness that can happen. And sometimes we point the finger at our partner. Sometimes we point the finger at the person that might have created it. And yet not looking in the mirror and pointing, for lack of a better word, looking at oneself. I want to say, in terms of jealousy... My first thought and the first thing I want to share with our audience is that jealousy is perfectly normal. The feeling of jealousy and to feel jealous is perfectly normal. So for all of you out there who have ever felt it, you do not have to feel guilty about it. It is a normal emotion. But I think, Jonathan, what you're kind of talking about or maybe what I'm interpreting from what you're saying is it's one thing to feel something. It, then it's another thing of what to do with that feeling right? Jealousy comes in in a few forms. There's the feeling of it, but then yes. there's what you do. Then there's acting jealous, right? There's feeling jealous and there's yeah. acting jealous. By the way, I think it, it, it begs to be said here too, is there's a difference between jealousy and envy. And I so was what about we're to say about envy. Today, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Envy is not what this episode is about because envy is, oh, Jonathan, you got a thousand dollars from a referral fee. Man, I wish I had $1,000. I'm envious. That's the correct yeah. way. It wouldn't be jealous. Jealous only is when you're feeling like someone else is like you're... It's only in relationships or with people. That's where jealousy yeah. is. Yeah. And interesting enough, I think of envy as comparing myself to others like in other words in particular my best friend is we found out he's probably worth a hundred million dollars right now because his company is, Wait, is uh, your, literally your friend the one i know yeah 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 oh i'm envious yeah, exactly. well, well, because his company, I mean, he's been offered over 50 million for his company. He's been offered 40 million for his building. And then if you take all his other assets, I mean, he's pretty close to being in that is that nine or 10 figure category. And and I used to be envious of that. Now I shift to like, I'm so ha I'm so I mean, like happy for you. By the way, he always treats when we go out to dinner. And he always, by the way, we're going to the Disney Hall tomorrow night on his, you know, he's treating. So there's a lot of benefits. And, and, and I'm being a little bit tongue in cheek here. I used to be envious. Now I operate from like, I'm excited for you. I want you to make more kind of thing. 
the thing is with jealousy is that's not going to relate here because I don't know no. that won't relate to this situation. No, I'm just giving you a comparison. But, I'd be like understanding that where I think envy comes from comparing ourselves to others. Yes, for sure. And then for jealousy is something kind that of a comes... reaction to others. A well, rea- here you know what? Let's do the you... uh, let's do the definition real quick. So jealousy the way, is the state. Or feeling of being jealous. Okay, that's great. But was jealous? Oh, interesting. It says feeling or showing envy of someone of their achievements and advantages. Hmm. Feeling or showing suspicion of someone's unfaithfulness in a relationship. See, I think we think of jealousy more. Well, well, we're really talking about this in relationships. So yes, we can just stick to our topic of because we're a couples podcast. Exactly. And jealousy, what I've been reading, Jonathan, has been very interesting. And I'm going to bring this book up a lot. And I do bring it up on my other podcast, How to Talk to Girls, quite a bit. And it's about where jealousy comes from. Not the whole book, but just a section of it. The book is called The Evolution of Desire. And it talks about different mating strategies, the mating strategies of men, women, homosexual, and heterosexual. And so it is is talking about jealousy, and jealousy is actually somewhat important, and there's a reason why we have it or why we feel jealous. So the reason why a man might feel jealous is because he wants to make sure, so this is on a very primal level, we've evolved to have feelings of jealousy. On the man's side, it's because if a woman is, if a woman is, let's say talking to another guy, he wants to make sure that his sperm is the one that's winning. So he wants to make sure that the woman that he's with is not getting impregnated by other men because that's the woman that he's with to impregnate to make sure that his DNA gets spread. And then on the woman's side, the reason why she gets jealous or has feelings of jealousy is because let's say a man is talking to a woman she will feel jealous because she wants to make sure that he sticks around to help raise and support the child. And if he's getting, if he is giving his attention elsewhere to other women, that's a fear that he might leave and not be around to help raise the child. So those are the different reasons, according to evolutionary psychology, why men and women become jealous. So, I was thinking about when you gave the example for the men, and I remember, I think men tend to be territorial. In other words, this is my woman, for lack of a better word, and I covet my woman. Well, both I, I are think, both are territorial. A well, woman yes. Is, okay, men a woman is being well, territorial as well. She doesn't want yeah, any exactly. woman so, taking his man away. It, it's both about territory. Yeah, exactly. So let me, so let me just um, backstep on that. Human beings are rather territorial for the reasons you described. I mean, for those reasons you described, we can be territorial. Jealousy, I think, see, I want to differentiate the difference because there's being territorial and then being jealous, which is a reaction to someone stepping into your territory. And, And I do believe that that reaction is a sign of insecurity. You don't feel you don't feel like your territory is being protected. But that's an individual thing. 
you know, versus yeah. a external thing. And the way jealousy can manifest itself is being angry at your partner. It could be, you know, picking a fight with some guy or woman, you know, because they're stepping into your perceived territory. I'm going to disagree on one thing. I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't label it as insecurity that fast. I think it definitely is very much related to insecurity and where if someone is consistently jealous all the time, I would say, okay, it's fair to label this as a insecurity, but I, I feel like the emotion of feeling jealous is, is still on a primal level of making sure the reason why it gets triggered is just because we get triggered because we need to make sure that our kids are raised properly. It's just kind of like what you do with it, I feel like, is what determines the insecurity. So it's like if you get triggered I'm... and you feel jealous yeah, and you kind of quickly say to yourself, oh, wait, I'm good, then you're not insecure. I don't think just the trigger of the emotion is immediately insecure. In okay, insecurity. so I would agree if you're triggered in that moment and you might feel a momentary insecurity, that isn't necessarily insecurity. And, and let me share with you something personal, because I remember some years back, I dated a woman who was incredibly attractive by most men's standards, highly successful. She made a million dollars a year. I mean, really stunning woman, very an entrepreneur, successful woman. And at the time, I was struggling to start a business. I'll be candid with you. So I wasn't feeling fully secure in myself compared to her status, if you will. And she was getting hit on by guys all the time. I mean, she was getting hit on. We were walking the beach, she'd get hit on. She was always being hit on. And you know what my attitude was? I'm the one going to bed with her tonight. You're not. Like that was my, even though I was feeling a bit insecure in my financial status compared to her, I knew I was going to bed with her. And I know that sounds kind of... Um, What's the word I'm thinking of? You know, only focused on sex. But then again, I'm a guy. Sometimes I can be single-minded. That's how I felt. I didn't react. Even I didn't even react in the remotely jealous. Even when there was a highly successful man wanting hitting on her. Hey, I knew I listen, was... that that how, that's again that's what jealousy. That's what jealousy is for men. It is about sex, and for women, it's it's not as much about sex as it is about is this man going to be away from me i mean of course sex is involved in that but i think it's it lie it seems to lie heavier about sex for men than it does for women but again all kind of does, stemming from the same idea does the book address people that are outside of the baby making years so in other words they've already have their babies they have their children they're not looking to procreate do women or men still react that same way based on their life experience. So I don't I, I haven't gotten that far in the book to know an answer to that, but okay. I don't think your brain chemistry necessarily just changes once you have a kid. I think that you still can feel that because you are technically still able, well I guess women are not able to have kids in their menopausal years, but so yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong here. My well, theory, I, my theory is that it's it, you're you're still gonna have it in your in yeah. your midlife years and, and onwards. You're still gonna feel so, and I, jealousy. Okay, and I 
again, you haven't gotten that far in the book. I believe that as we age, there's more layers to it. There's our life experiences. There's our socialization. Yeah, but what, you're talking about nature versus you're talking about nature versus nurture, and, and no, I'm t- no, no. This isn't nature nurture. Well, if you're well, using yeah, it is because what I'm talking about is nature. You're talking okay. about nurture. So nature is okay. Well, is our biology and, so, and 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 nurture is the experiences that we have in our life. Yeah. yeah. So, so I do believe that you have to look at both, not singularly one, and say that's an absolute because you have to add nurture into the equation as well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, well, I don't know. You're okay, like, I'm thinking about I'll, anecdotally in myself. I've had past relationships, and Jonathan, you know this. We've talked about this where <laughs> I felt extreme jealousy before, and you had to tell me, which did help. You know, some of your stories of jealousy. And now, like today, right this second, if Megan were to be talking to another guy or going on a trip or something like that, it would like still trigger a little bit, but so fast, I would be okay with it. And I feel like the nurture aspect to kind of support what you're saying, the the, the nurture aspect has maybe taught me to not worry so much. But again, back to the nature, you still feel a little jealous. Even if it's so, like a so, millimeter jealous, it's still there unless you're a psychopath. Okay. So let's – okay, I'm going to pick on you for a moment because – Think about the jealousy. Was the jealousy that this the person you were with might find another person more attractive than you? Was that the jealousy? Was it that they might seem that person had more bravado than you? Was it that maybe you were feeling insecure within yourself in that moment? Like what were the? What? Oh, well, I'll admit it was it was well, it's both. Yeah, but yeah, it's both. It was yeah. it was so it was. I felt jealous. Well, it's all about well, no, jealous did you and, actually, ins- oh, well, and let me insecure. Ask you this. Did you think, all right, let's talk about trust because that insecurity causes you to maybe mistrust your partner that they might react to those things, you know, like they might. So someone is more handsome than you or they're more financially successful. There's a bit of doubt that you trust your partner. Is that maybe what's also coming up? If yeah, for sure. If you have, if jealousy is a problem, then yeah, you have trust issues. Yeah, and it's interesting because those trust issues could be irrational, <laughs> and all stemming from insecurity. It's like yeah. you think about it, it's like if you really walk someone off the ledge, and you're like, what reason do you have to be to, to not trust them, or like what reasons do you have, and I can imagine a lot of the time people don't have great reasons. It's like, oh, well, you know, you can be like, have they ever done this? Have they ever cheated? Have they ever done this yeah. to you? Do they call you? Do they text you? Do they show you enough support emotionally, physically? And if you're like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, okay. Everything's good. Yeah, but I somebody guess- could be doing all those things, but you might already have an inherent trust issue within yourself. That and too. I do kn- I, by the way, you and I both know a woman who has inherent trust issues, uh, constantly has to look at their partner's phone, even though the partner has done 
everything to demonstrate absolute trust. This person has mistrust going on, which is really a form of jealousy. And they're constantly tracking everything this person does. And it actually, what did it eventually did? It sabotaged the relationship. Yes, yes, because that person... Who knows? They had trauma in their life with trust issues. You know, if you've been if you've been cheated on, and I, I don't, ha- I can't relate to this. And I'm sure there's someone listening right now who's been devastatingly cheated on. You know, I mean, thought everything was great, and then they found their partner having a complete love affair. I can imagine that person is probably going to have a really tough time in a future relationship trusting. You might even go to the point where you're like. Just don't trust men anymore. Just don't trust women anymore. Don't trust anybody because of how traumatic your experience was. Maybe you saw your parents cheating or being unfaithful in some degree. That's another way that maybe that's come up for you. I think it's actually deeper than fidelity. I actually think trust issues usually stems from some level of abandonment on some level. So infidelity is an abandonment of fidelity. But let's take that even deeper. Abandonment might be your parents left. Like I was in a relationship with a woman whose father left their family for some other woman and their family. And she had major abandonment, which manifested in trust issues, even though she had never been cheated on. Ironically, I found out she did cheat on her ex-husband. So I think it's actual abandonment is probably the primary cause of trust issues on some level. Not so much about fidelity because abandonment is really saying, I can't count. I don't feel like I can count on you. Like, and what is trust issues? I can't count on you. Like, I, well, it could be, it could be both. I think you could have had yeah. this from your childhood. You yeah. could have had something happen to your childhood, or maybe you or had a loving. F- oh yeah, yeah. Or you had a loving family, and you still got cheated on. I guess our point here, or abandoned speak- in your relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the above. I guess if I can speak for both of us and say, these trust issues that form into jealousy can come from multiple places. It's again, it's what you do with it, right? It's like there's one thing to feel jealous, and if you've had intense abandonment issues or issues with infidelity it's how you process that and how that shows up in the relationship and that might take a lot of work but it's something that's going to be very important or else you could ruin a relationship really fast by being overly jealous especially with a person who really is trustworthy and is giving you so much to show their trust and then you're just not believing it yeah so i want to give an example of abandonment that isn't even discussed oftentimes isn't discussed, but I think it's important to bring this up because as children, when we are children, we don't perceive the world the way an adult perceives the world. So a little boy could have been at the grocery store with his mom, and let's say this boy is three, four, five, or six years old. And for whatever reason, the mom let go of the arm, walked down another aisle, and in that moment, that child could feel completely abandoned. And that could have left, actually, that one incident could leave a scar that might affect that person's life for their entire life. Oftentimes, we think people that were raised by good parents and whatnot may not realize that one incident could define a person for the rest of their lives. Not that I want to unpack that for this conversation. I just want to draw attention to something that 
people don't really realize how children are highly affected by their environment, coming back to the nurture, in ways that might, to an adult, doesn't seem rational. Because to a child, everything is an experience of, of on some levels, an irrational experience. Just wanted to put point that out. No, no, I think, uh, I think you're right. Well, in a sense, is it all irrational? Is all feelings <laughs> of, of jealousy irrational? By the way, by the way, when you do mushrooms, you realize everything is irrational. <laughs> Interesting. Well, what I mean is everything so, is so, absurd. So, then, so what is rational? <laughs> That's a good point. Um, or is nothing rational? Well, or are we all living in, in, in a the, simulation and this is well, all that's another fake. thing. A, cor- a Course of Miracles which says everything has no meaning. When you actually can operate that everything has no meaning, then you don't create meaning out of things like that little boy created a meaning in that moment that he was abandoned by his mother and that defined them. But if you created no if you were capable of creating no meaning out of that, then you probably would live life with a lot less emotional distress. That's deep. Oh, yeah. By the way, let's go back to the simulation, but that doesn't really relate to jealousy. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Although maybe we live in a simulation. By the way, and, uh, can I go off on a tangent for a second? Sure. I was watching an interesting short video. It was only a minute or two long that said, when your body dies, when your heart stops, your brain lives for another seven minutes. And it said... <laughs> That we actually, you know the phrase, you relive your life like at the moment of death. So what happens in that seven minutes, you actually start back at birth and you completely relive your life. And you think it's real. And what this person said was, we all died in the 2012 calamity that was supposed to happen. Remember when the earth was supposed to implode in 2012? 2012. 2012, I'm sorry, I messed up that. And I thought, wow, we're all in a collective simulation right now because we all die at the same time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Un- by the way, who, anyone who wants to unpack that, go for it. I just was finding that interesting. Yeah, this is... Uh, I'm going off on it. So, we, so we've already made this podcast then. <laughs> exactly. And we've already said what I'm saying right now. Well. So everything that suppo- is going to happen, well, that kind of begs to think, if everything that's already happened and we're just reliving it, then maybe we should just operate from life. I'm just saying without any stress, because what's going to happen is going to happen. And let's just all not give a fuck and get naked <laughs> and start a revolution in the streets and just be hippies, man, and just don't worry about anything. And just do drugs all day and then die on the beach. You know what? At this point in my life, and I'm the boomer here, you know what? That doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> As a boomer, that wouldn't sound so bad to you. <laughs> As you See, starting I'm your a life and you start a family. Right. So yeah. we care. We, we, I don't know if millennials so care about everything. Let's but. talk about, so have we really discussed healthy versus unhealthy or good or bad jealousy? Let's, I mean, Let's we, do that. So I'll give something that's healthy and you give something that's unhealthy. <laughs> healthy jealousy here's an example okay your partner is going out for the night with their friends okay and they're going to a bar to have a drink with their friends healthy would be if you naturally feel the feelings of jealousy to sit there think about 
maybe where it's coming from, remind themselves that their partner has hopefully shown them lots of trust and say, babe, have a great time tonight and have fun and shoot me a text just to say hello. Hmm. So that's healthy. What's the unhealthy version of that? Well, I don't know. I was just thinking, well, this may not be accurate. Your partner has a friendship with an ex-lover. Wait, hold on. You got I thought you're going to give the healthy version of that. Oh, of your Wait, wait. I thought you did you give the healthy or the unhealthy? I gave that I gave, Are you listening? I gave the healthy. Yeah, you said Yeah, you gave healthy. You asked for me the unhealthy. Oh, an unhealthy example. Well, I was going to say an unhealthy example of what I just said. Oh. Oh, oh, I see your point. <laughs> I was been spending this whole time trying to come up with an, a bad example. No wonder you're not um, listening to me. Well, because <laughs> I'm jealous of you because you're so articulate and you're so specific. <laughs> Got to be specific. No one knows what uh, the hell you're talking about. So I, I think we're talking about reaction is the unhealthy piece, the way we react to it, not the actual jealousy itself, right? It's it's how we react to it. So uh, unhealthy reaction to the feeling of jealousy is calling your, you know, you know they're out with their girlfriends, or, or let's use an example, you're, it's a woman out with her girlfriends, and you're calling all the time, texting all the time, you drive over there to see if they're actually faithful to you. I think that's an unhealthy manifestation of what you just described. Yeah, maybe saying to them, who are you going out with? Really? Where are you going to be? Well, I guess those are normal questions to ask, but so now let's talk about, let's say they go out with an ex-lover. It's a friend of theirs or their ex-spouse. I think, well, it depends. It, it definitely well, This depends. is a big deal. By the way, ex-spouses are very prominent in people's lives if they have children together. And that can trigger all kinds of I'll tell you what. Emotions. If I'm in a relationship with a woman who's divorced... And she still has a relationship with her ex-husband because of kids. And they want to go out and, and, and hang out with each other. And they didn't invite me. That's bullshit. Okay, let's say it's a family gathering with the children. And they're going to be with their ex-partner. Um, if, if I am a person who has been in my... Well, if that's my wife, I should be invited to that. If that's my girlfriend, I mean, if it's a new girlfriend, yeah, I might not be invited. And that, that makes sense to me. But if I've been dating her for like over six months, somewhere around that, I would think I'd be invited to something like that. Maybe six to nine months. Okay. So I think my point Out was of respect. Because- Okay, now let's change it because I was in a relationship with a woman who was friends with many of her ex-boyfriends. I think that's weird. Well, I think that's actually healthy because you can actually end a relationship in a very healthy way that you can maintain. Well, you know, I'm friends with Sherry and she's in, she has a live-in partner. And I understand. And, and And are you friends with all of your exes like you are, Sherry? No, you're not. But you're friends with Sherry. Well, but Sherry's Sherry, well, different. You're also a colleague. You're in the same industry. She was. No, you know what it is? It's you know what makes it different is we 
we ended our relationship like grown-ups and we said we're still family to one another. My other, my ex-wife and I, I don't consider us friends, but we do socialize together for the sake of our children. But and that's it, isn't it? You're not things. friends with, uh, I mean, if, I, if you, I'm allowed to say names here, Angela. Well, I date her for three months. That was, I, I have only had two significant relationships. You're the one who's had seven, eight, nine, ten significant relationships. Uh, five I'm or six. Kidding. And am I friends with any of them? <laughs> well, I'm on good terms with all of them. We, we But one. We had closure. No, we, well, I'm on good terms with her, too. Oh, hold on. Wait, which one? <laughs> oh, wait, no, wait. Okay. One of them is like, it's good enough terms. Yeah. You know, um, but everyone is basically on good enough terms. But my ex-fiance. Yeah. We're on the best terms. We are totally Do you cool communicate together? No, we don't. I feel that's disrespectful to Megan. Well, you don't have would a I, need would I, to. You don't have a I need would like, to. I would like to be friends with her. It'd be nice to check in every once in a while. She's well, a big part of my life. But you know what? She's not my life now, and Megan's my life. And so because Megan's my life, and she's going to be my – she's my fiance, will be my wife, and I've known that, I don't keep in touch with my ex-fiance, who, by the way, last time we wrote – so I'll say this to everybody. We wrote a couple children's books together that we self-published yeah. – and we're still very proud of them. So I give them to my friends' kids all the time. So there's times I have to reach out to my ex and I have to say, hey, can you send me some because I want to get some, whatever. And so that's how we've been keeping in touch. But last time I asked her and she said, um, you know, whatever. No, I don't have any right now. But hey, it'd be nice to catch up on the phone. And I didn't really respond to that because I just think mm. it's disrespectful. And Megan did not ask me in any way. And I bet you if I said, hey, Megan... You know, just to let you know, I'm going to be catching up with my ex. It means nothing. Uh, I just want to, we just want to see how each other are doing. It's been a long time. She was an important part of my life at one time. Megan would totally understand. But you know what? I still don't want to put her in that position. And I wouldn't want her to put me in that position. Well, because wait a minute. It just I'm doesn't feel, play. it doesn't feel right. Again, this is not my ex-wife. So this well, is very specific. I, I think, this is an ex-fiance, ex ex well, ex-girlfriend. Here's where I'd like... I'd like to invite you to go to the next level of emotional maturity, my friend. And that is, you can have that conversation with Megan. You already know she's not going to react negatively. You already said, you know she's not going to react negatively. And quite frankly, you know what? Catching up with that person who you have a shared book together might have its own benefit or value. So I wouldn't, I'm, I'm just saying, it's one thing if you know you have a partner that has jealousy issues or trust issues, then you may not want to put them in that position. But at the same time, what is emotional maturity? It's going beyond our limitations of those primal things that we talked about and actually stepping into a more grown-up way of looking at things. That's the way I prefer to operate. And by the way, for clarity to everyone, I'm still in relationship with my ex-girlfriend of six years. And when I say I'm in relationship with her, to the extent we call each other friends, we actually call each other family. I've broken bread with her and her current partner. I play golf with him. There's nothing. It's just we've grown beyond the jealous part of the relationship and saying, how can we still be, you know, have love for each other that has nothing to do with romantic love? Okay. Okay. Because no, really, that is, that is, this, that is, that is very mature. I guess 
And oh, again, I think thank everyone you for owning, uh, acknowledging that. Well, I think everyone has different situations. I respect your relationship with. Did we say her sure. name? Okay, sure. with Sherry. It's okay. okay. Uh, so I respect your relationship with Sherry. With me, I just, I don't know. I just don't need to have a relationship with that person. And here's the thing: there's no one size fits all. Okay, what I would like everyone listening to go, you know, we can judge people's actions and we can judge their choices, or we could say, you know what, one size doesn't fit all. What you got to do what's right for you. At the end of the day, if you feel like for you, trip, it's you know, it's not worth the investment of connecting with um, Rachel as you shared, then that's okay. You got to do what's right for you. But ultimately, don't don't stuff I, I don't believe in stuffing emotion or desire because you're fearful that your partner may react a certain way because ultimately and we've already had we're gonna we had a podcast on this and we're gonna have many podcasts on healthy communication because ultimately how do you remove jealousy from a relationship is by talking to one another and 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 expressing yourself. Now I know you said there was you said the comment there's nothing to worry about. Like, you, you were saying this earlier when you said, I could mention this to Megan. I could say, hey, I'm checking in with Rachel. There's nothing to worry about. I think just even that statement alone creates worry <laughs> because you don't even need to say that. Ah, interesting. Because the fact that you thought it is, is where that root of that issue comes from. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just a thought I had. Yeah, yeah. How would you feel? I wonder if this is a whole different episode, but it it does relate. How would you feel if your partner was friends? So if your girlfriend was friends with a lot of guys. So I look at first, how's my relationship with this person? Do I feel a sense of trust between us? And trust to me, and I've said this before, is... Does this person genuinely care about my feelings? You know, in other words, does this person genuinely care how I feel? And I'm going to lean into that first. And and I could say, oh, I might feel a little uncomfortable that you have lots of friends. And, you know, can you would you be open to sharing more about what that looks like? And if a person genuinely cares about. How, now, by the way, if this person is a mistrusting person, and they're going to cheat on me. They're going to sleep with all these guys. That's going to end up happening, There's right? It's like they're just going to gonna, they're just going to do it, yeah. right? And then that just that's really on me because I chose the wrong person. I'll take ownership of that. By the way, I'm in a business. Okay, I'm a dating relationship coach. What do I do all day long? I talk to women all day long. The my partner has to be able to ex- not only accept that, actually go to the extent of appreciating that I actually have, I've actually developed a really good ability to communicate with women because of this. But if they feel a sense of insecurity over that, I can't go and change my profession over it to make them feel good. I'm just gonna say, look, I'm not the right partner for you. Right, and I'm, my ex was the same thing. She could not yeah. handle, not the fiance, another one. She couldn't handle what I did for a living. Yeah. Although she had mental health issues so, but, but and by I, the yeah. way, she openly admits she has mental health issues, even as a YouTube channel on it. So you're not oh, throwing yeah. her under the bus uh, by no, saying No, I'm that. not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not me. I would never make, <laughs> it's not in my 
personality to make fun of anyone. I'm always. By the way, she actually does a great job discussing her mental health issues, which I think is quite. She doesn't do the channel anymore, but. Oh, she doesn't. Oh, I thought they were so. I I said the word adorable because she did it in a very bubbly way. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't adorable when when she like physically and verbally abused me, but. um, (laughs) But uh, anyway, she has. It wasn't a slap across the face heard around the world. (laughs) Well, heard around. Maybe it was. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. But anyway, she had some issues, so it definitely was more triggering for her. But I can imagine. You just said something. She had issues. So it makes me think, when we think of jealousy and how that shows up, it's usually because somebody has issues that are unhealed or unresolved in their lives that triggers their reaction to another person. That's why I think this is stems from it's a nurture thing not a nature thing although you said it's kind of natural to feel a sense of jealousy i think irrational jealousy comes from nurture and healthy jealousy comes from nature Ooh, i just thought of that what do you think i'd like to hear your thoughts on that say it again okay healthy jealousy comes from nature because we said we have to protect our sperm or our egg if you will okay uh is that right uh, <laughs> well okay um, for 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 men it's about protecting the egg yeah so and nothing for a woman else pro- gets inseminated yeah. and for a woman yeah. it's it's protecting Having, it's 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 making sure that both the guy sticks protecting around the egg to be there. <laughs> yeah sticking around okay so that's yeah healthy. yeah both protecting the egg yeah that's nature healthy Nurture, in other words, your life experience is usually what causes unhealthy jealousy. The abandonment, the trust no. issues, the uh, infidelity, all those experiences which are nurture is what I, because I don't think any of those create healthy jealousy. Are you tracking me here? I know this yeah. is advanced learning for you. Oh, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Oh, I'm just trying to give a, a good response here. I'm trying to think about this. It's Yeah, I could maybe agree with that. Like, Is nature going to bring in the intense jealousy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I, I, have, think, a com- I, don't know if I have a comment on What we said, it. it's I think natural it, it, it to sounds... feel jealousy. From an instinctual biological level. That's probably the healthy version. I think the way we react is usually a reflection of what's happened in nurture. And that shows manifests in unhealthy forms of jealousy in the way we react. I will say this. I don't hate your theory right now. That's what I'll say. (laughs) Well, hate's a strong word. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying I don't love it. I'm not sure if I agree. I'm just saying like it's... I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, it's not. That's not bad. I could go with that. I could go okay. with that. I know well, you've my, ver- come up my with version. My version is. Theory. <laughs> I think everyone will feel jealous to some degree, on some biological level. I think you could, and then uh, nurture. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not everyone's born perfect, so it's possible that. You could be born potentially with a mental health issue. Like that's another question. I don't. I don't. Well, that I think. I is mental health our, all nurture, or are we born? We can be. No, no, definitely not. Oh, you can, you can be. Yeah, born our depression. DNA can. Pa- our DNA can be passed. Yeah, you could be born with anxiety and depression. So, yeah. so what's that? That's all nature. That's all biological, and that can cause really intense jealousy. 
Oh gosh, now I'm going to flip you off because you took away my. I know. Hey, listen. Brilliant thesis. Remember what this is all about. You and me are coming together here. This is. <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> I'm really happy I can say this. You and I, a few years ago, we we have these conversations on the phone. Yeah. And so many times we go, man, this would be an interesting podcast. We think that other people would find this interesting if they're as analytical as us. And we literally just got into one of the conversations that you and I would have had on the phone and we've recorded it. So we've accomplished our so, goal here. It's just trying to figure I, I, out the world. By the way, right? teacher, teacher, I want to say something. Uh, have you seen the latest um, Matrix movie, Matrix 4? Uh, no, I, I, I watched Matrix 1 and, and Matrix 2 was really boring and that's okay. for me. And so I just want to say there's a scene where they say ideas are the new sexy. Ideas are the new sexy. And why I'm bringing this up is I love that you and I talk about ideas, thoughts, theories, and we unpack them. I think humans are thirsty not to share. It's a lot of times people hyper focus on sharing their opinions We, when we talk about something, we go, okay, here's a particular subject. Let's unpack it. Not, and even though we're sharing our judgment and our opinions, it's not that we're per se over opinionated about it. It's about, wow, let's discuss it. And to me, that is really sexy. I wish, this is what I talk about in my podcast, the What Would Love Do podcast. This is what I talk about on my YouTube channel. I talk about how can couples really get into the nitty gritty of exploring, you know, ideas? Because to me, that is sexy. And are we being sexy right now? Well, well, I know you, Megan, do this on occasion, you know, I mean, quite a bit, actually. You guys unpack lots of different conversations, and, and I find that to be a very healthy thing for couples. So even the discussion of jealousy, if you could sit down with your partner and say, let's discuss this without the emotion, per se, I mean, the, the triggering emotion, not that you shouldn't discuss things from a, you know, a rational or even an emotional level. Because emotions are really good things. How we feel about things is how we we live our life through our perceptions of how we feel about things. You know, because if we didn't, we'd all be Spock from Star Trek. And so if any of you are old enough to remember that <laughs> listening. <laughs> What's the reference mean? I know Star what it Trek, means, but Spock? Not everyone knows who Spock is. Oh, gosh. Well, he was an individual from a planet called Vulcan, and they were all logical thinkers, had no emotion. But Spock was both half human, half Vulcan. So he was struggling between his emotions and his logical side. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I was being specific there, by the way. And I love how specific (laughs) you're being, Jonathan. Okay. What an episode. We, I mean, obviously goes without saying we're going to be talking about this more in the in the time to come there's a lot to say on this i think there's a lot to talk about on how to fix jealousy i think that's another topic on its own maybe our next one we can talk about ideas i can look up some stuff on the internet and see like i did pull up an article which i don't want to go into now because it's it's going to be a bigger conversation but it's it's tony robbins article and how to deal with jealousy in relationships. And do you want to do that for our next podcast? I think I think that could be cool. So it's part two. Cool. So this is part one. This is part two. Cool. So we'll, we'll do that for part two. And Tony Robbins is like the man, you know, he's. Could you be he, specific? Who is he? 
Tony Robbins <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. is a we'll personal talk. development guru, and he's one of the biggest because he has really helped a tremendous amount of lives, and I do trust are a lot just, of his advice. Are you just telling that to impress me or just impress upon me that you know who he is? I'm just trying to be specific for our audience. <laughs> so By the way, there's knows. a little joke that uh, Tripp and I have about that because that's a Tony Robbins quote that we just shared. I'm not trying to impress you, but impress upon you. <laughs> it's like one oh. of the sales tactics. Anyway, so Jonathan, did we do a great. good job here today? I think it was a good introduction to where jealousy comes from. Okay. And and I think that should be the title of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. If you're loving this as much as Jonathan and I are loving it, we love a five-star rating on Spotify. We love a Spotify, I'm sorry, an iTunes rating at five stars too and subscribe to us because it it feels good and we feel good when people are uh spreading the word because we want to get this out there we want this to be the biggest podcast in relationships one where people can have fun and learn and and be entertained and just join us and get a different point of view yeah, and I want people to write in questions too. So please post, you know, send us any questions, any topics you want us to cover. Because, I mean, I'm ready to dive into all the different juicy parts of what makes relationships, you know, work. Because a lot of times they're underrated. <laughs> Absolutely. This is Trip signing off. And this is Jonathan signing off. Take care, everybody. <laughs>